0: School's Out! Storytime! Hi! Welcome to this week's episode of School's Out! Storytime, featuring part two of The Twisted Tree and the original song The Mirror written by Naomi Rosemack and Judy Arthur, sung by Jessica Wright Ogden. Voice talent in The Twisted Tree is Hayden Palmer and Michael Mello. We hope you enjoy!
1: I opened one eye. My head was throbbing and the light was blinding. I went to rub my head but found that, oddly... My hand didn't seem to be able to move. I tried my other hand. Same thing. My hands were tied behind my back. I heard a groan to my right and rolled my head to see who it was. Torgi was laying next to me. We were both trussed and tied like little sausages. There were green vines wrapped all around us. Torgi groaned again. Psst, Torgi, I whispered, but Torgi just muttered. My head hurts, Mom. No work today. And rolled over, away from me. I tried again, a little louder. Torgi! I need you! Listen to me! Still no response. Torgi! I said as loudly as I could. Torgi, shut up! Well, almost. Since his whole body was covered in vines, it was more of a wiggle than anything truly productive. What? What is it? Where am I? Who are you? Why can't I move? The thoughts rattled from his brain to his mouth like marbles rolling to the ground. It's me, Trolloc, I said. Well, that answered one of my questions. What about all... But right at that moment wasn't the time to answer, for I heard footsteps and a familiar voice approaching.
0: Listen. I told him just to go to Route 66. I I thought he'd actually listen to me. I put the fear of tree in him, or so I thought. But then I found out that he'd, he'd met up with Torgian. what. Well, I thought I should make sure he wasn't spreading that that story.
1: There was a murmur of a lower voice, and then my mother continued.
0: I don't know what to do. Oh, they're sweet boys. Trollic is kind and smart. You'd be so proud of him. Really, you would. But he's just so inquisitive. And he was right shaken up when he saw that...
1: The murmuring voice cut her off again. I heard her respond.
0: Even here? But we're so far from the ab. Right. No, no, I'll be quiet. But, well, what do we do with them?
1: My thought raced. Was my mother involved? Who was she talking to? Had she been the cause of the earth shaking that has caused me to get hit on the head? Had she tied me up? It all seemed so unbelievable. Trolloc, was that your mom? Torgi whispered incredulously. As I was about to answer, a door about six acorns away from us swung open, and a silhouette stood with hands on hips.
0: (sighs) Well, I tried to keep you out of trouble. I've sent you all the way down here to Route 66, but when I saw that you had Torgi with you, though you were instructed to go alone, I had to step in. Oh my tree, now I, I don't know what I don't know what he's gonna do with you both.
1: My mother was now inside the narrow chamber where Torgi and I were trussed like spring acorns, and was pacing back and forth, running her hands repeatedly through her green apron she was still wearing, like she was needing invisible flour. Mom, who? What are you talking about? Who was that you were talking to? Did you... Did you tie me up and throw me in here? I asked, still in disbelief, my voice rising on each question. Shh!
0: Not so loud!
1: She then raised a finger, as though trying to hear the surrounding air through her fingertips, and then quickly shoved a smelly tarp from the floor over Torgi and I. All this while hissing... Shh. They're coming. I heard it then, the steps approaching, clicking against the wooden vined floor, then a voice. Tegan, what are you doing down here, so far away from home? My mother's voice, more tinny and high-pitched than I'd ever heard it. Oh,
0: I I love to make my acorn muffins, Timbuk, and I was just all out of those purple acorns they have down here, so I thought <laughs> that I just, you know, <laughs> pop into this your storeroom right here and just grab a few.
1: <laughs> Timbuk made a non-committal grunt. Huh. I see. Where's your boy? Hasn't Trolloc been assigned to root cleanings down here since the My mother interrupted him still in that very high and unnatural voice.
0: Oh, I think he should be down here somewhere. You know how these young elves are, just impossible to keep up with.
1: (laughs) Well, did you get what you need? Asked my uncle, sounding a bit suspicious.
0: Oh, yes, 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 lots and lots of, of acorns, yes,
1: said my mom. Where are they? asked Timbuk, in the same smooth but unyielding voice. There was an awkward and extended silence. Apparently my mother hadn't thought her lie through quite far enough.
0: The acorns Yes, uh um well, I was um I was I was intending to get them from down here, but well then I realized that there's none in there after all, so I, I'll i just have to go further down in the route.
1: Why don't we go together? There's a lot I need to discuss with you. As Timbuk said this, I heard other shuffling steps and felt a strange surge of fright bubble up into my throat. Was he taking my mom prisoner? What was going on? This way, Tegan. If you cooperate, it shouldn't be too long.
0: I don't need them to grab me. Pick you- Take your hands off me,"
1: said my mother, in much more
0: of her usual tone. I'll come with you. Then she said more loudly, But I need to meet Trolloc back at our house for his tea.
1: There was more grunting from the male elves, and then the footsteps shuffled away into the distance. trying not to breathe in too much of the oily, rank smell from whatever my mother had thrown over us. I could sense that Torgi was holding his breath next to me as well. I couldn't stand the cloying silence anymore. Torgi! I gasped in a rasping whisper. Torgi, can you move enough to maybe wiggle this thing off of us? Maybe, said Torgi, uncertainly. Then he had an idea. What if we work together? It- if we wriggle and kick our legs, we may be able to lift it enough that it will slide off. It's worth a shot. On the count of three? Sure, said Torgi. All right, here we go. One, two, three! We both shoved our trust legs as high as we could. The oily cover slid to the ground, but so did Torgi and I, landing inelegantly and with a solid thud. Uh, now what? (sighs) said Torgi. Shh, I'm trying to think, I snapped. My head hurt and was too full of thoughts that were racing around like leaves in a gale. Sorry, Torgi said, huffily. So there we sat, like two little caterpillars trussed in a spiderweb, in angry silence. Suddenly, I felt something sharp jabbing into my side by my left arm. Torgi, can you see what this is? I asked, seeing a possible opportunity. I'm sorry, I thought you needed me to let you think, replied my friend, quite self-righteously, I might add. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have snapped at you. I was rolling my eyes, but hoped he couldn't hear that in my tone. But listen, this could be a way to cut the vines. Fine, what could? Torgy said, still unenthusiastically. I don't No, I need you to look. Shh, don't yell, Torgi said, still grumpily, but I could see him maneuvering his body so he could get a better view of the object. Huh, he said. Then silence. Well, I asked, trying to keep my patience. Well, what? Ugh, now Torgi really was just trying my patience. Well, what is it? Ice scream, whispered, at the end of my branch with his purposeful denseness. Oh, well, it looks like a bit of broken acorn. It's pretty sharp, Torgi said, self-importantly. If you rubbed your arm against it, I would think it could cut the vine. That's what I was thinking! I cried triumphantly. My good humor immediately restored, as I now had a renewed purpose. I set to scraping my arm against the sharp and jagged tree nut, trying not to rip my skin as well, but only partially succeeding. With a final yank, the vine that had been binding my left arm fell away. I grabbed the sharp acorn half and set to work on my right arm and then my legs, then released Torgi, who was still not very pleased with me. Thanks. He grunted ungratefully, then scratching his head. Uh, That's going to be a
0: lump. So what now?
1: realized I didn't really know. I guess we need to figure out what's up with my Uncle Timbuk, and why he's basically taken my mom as a prisoner. And why your mom followed us and then tied us up, said Torgi, still rubbing his bumped head reproachfully. Yeah, I still can't believe she did that. And what would have caused all that shaking? It was like an earthquake. Well, it definitely wasn't her... She's way too small to cause a quake like that, Torgi considered logically. What do you remember happening before we woke up here? I asked. We were on the ridge. We weren't in the tree, remember? Because you were worried about telling me your story. And then, just when I told you that the humans had seen me... And said that you looked like... Right! That I looked like my dad. Well, then the world began to shake. I stopped, Torgi, by putting up my hand... So if it wasn't my mom that caused us to fall, or hit our heads, what was it? Did you see anything? Torgi thought for a moment. Well, I seem to remember some blinding light. Yeah, like two of them. But I thought it was from hitting my head, said Torgi regretfully. Yeah, it could have been, I said thoughtfully. Or it could have been headlights to a human machine. I guess we'll never know now, Torgi said in an overly casual manner, knowing it was a challenge for me. I leapt at the bait. What do you mean it's too late and we will never know? Let's go find out. That's what our plan is. Torgi was sitting on the floor, looking for all the world like a disconsolate frog. Great plan. How do you suggest we do that, though? He asked balefully. That stumped me but only for the tiniest of moments. Well, let's go find where old Timbuk has my mom. And just march up to him and ask him for the story? Great plan. Torgi grumbled. No, stop bickering with me. We need to work together. Maybe we could sneak up and just listen. Well, how did your mom know I was with you? I didn't think Timbuk was evil just... Kind of dry and boring, like an aging autumn leaf. I don't know that he is evil, but I do know that he listens to everything that happens in the hub. It wasn't like that when my dad... I paused. A tiny nugget of an idea had tickled my brain. What if Timbuk... No. But maybe. Yeah. What if my dad didn't fall? What if he isn't dead? What if Timbuk either has him hidden or was worried about him coming back. What if you don't say all these very dangerous things out loud? Torgi exclaimed, showing great common sense. All right, you're right. Let's see if we can find my mom. Where could they take her down here? There's an unused boiler room where they made acorn stew back when this was a more bustling route. I ended up there by mistake the first time I came down here. Let's try there first, I said with honestly more confidence than I was feeling. up onto our feet. I felt as though I had been kicked by goblin boots for days on end. Oof, I don't think there's a single part of me that isn't bruised or sore, I groaned. Same, said Torgi in a pained voice. I put my ear to the door and listened. It was eerily still, no footsteps to be heard in any direction. Trolloc, whispered Torgi right behind me. I jumped a little bit. What? Isn't it creepy how quiet it is out there? Like, there could genuinely be no one around. Or they could all be just outside that door, laying in wait for us, I completed his thought. We'd both had the same prickling of the hair on our necks as we thought about it. My hand hesitated on the doorknob. Just one turn, and we'd be out of this confined, smelly prison. But what lay beyond? Come on, then. We can't stay in here forever, hissed Torky. I squinted my eyes, felt my stomach knot itself into a bow, and turned the doorknob. The dreary light of the root corridor was blinding after the murky gloom of the empty storehouse prison. But we were alone. Corridor was as deserted as it had sounded. Both Torgy and I exhaled. Then we looked at each other and grinned. "'I wasn't worried,' said Torgi, smiling wider. "'Me neither,' I responded, even as I felt the knot in my stomach partially unwind in relief. "'Lead on, then, O oh fearless one,' said Torgi. "'Okay, but remember that we are authorized to be down here. Or at least I am. So just act normal. Don't look sneaky.' We headed to the right and around a winding corridor hallway. Route 66 was always a murkier yellow than the rest of the tree. As you went higher into the interior, the air got clearer and clearer. But today it almost looked like someone had spilled brown Dijon mustard in the air. It added to the general feel of disbelief I was experiencing. We passed a couple of shuffling workmen. Going out of our way to appear casual, we needn't have worried. They barely paid us a second glance. continued on in companionable silence for a good five minutes, working our way further and further into the interior of the route. There it is! I pointed to a corner in front of us. There was just a door that almost appeared part of the wall, but had a spinning metal wheel attached to it that would allow it to swing open. So you want to just open the door, or...? Oh my tree, Torgi was really getting on my last nerve today. No. "'For Tree's sake, do you think I'm an idiot? "'Let's just go and lean against it and listen.' "'So, again strolling in a studdedly casual fashion, "'Torgi and I crossed to the vaguely hidden door. "'I knelt and pretended to tie my shoelace, "'and Torgi reclined with one leg "'and his head leaned pressed to the door. "'Do you hear anything?' I asked out of the corner of my mouth. "'No. Wait. Yes.' Yes, I do. What is it? Is it my mom? I forgot all pretense of nonchalance and leapt to my feet, almost leaping next to my friend, who glowered at me and moved over, making it his turn to fiddle with his pointed shoes. I pressed my ear to the warm wood. I heard voices, but they sounded as though they were coming from deep within the wall and far from us. Why are you lying to me, Tegan? I'm your brother-in-law, you've known me all your life. Rumbled Timbuk's smoothly accusatory baritone.
0: I would, I would never lie, not intentionally. Timbuk, it's me, you know me. I I don't know where he is, I swear.
1: You swear on the oak itself? I do. Then there was silence, a long, excruciating (laughs) silence. I don't believe you. Take her. The last words were muffled by a series of scuffles and yells from my mother. I swung around to Torgi. We have to get in there. They're hurting her. They're taking her somewhere. I was thinking you'd want to get a closer look, said my friend, this time actually being helpful. Do you think that could get us in a back way or something? I looked to where he was pointing. There was about fifteen tree limbs to our left, a small brown door. It was only about as high as three tree limbs. It looks like a service chute, said Torgi. Worth a shot, I said. Here, let's check it out. I'll keep watch, and you can go first. We crossed to the door and eased it open. I felt the knot in my stomach retying itself as I scanned around me. The coast is clear, I said, as much to myself as to Torgi. Torgi eased himself through the door and into the pitch black beyond. And with a drawn out... Ah! He vanished. I stuck my head in through the opening and felt empty air. It was a straight drop. Oh, no! What had I done sending my best friend to his doom? I eased my shoulders through the door and tried reaching my arms. Once, I was nigh on bent in half. My hands hit smooth root, several twigs below. Maybe Torky has slid down there. I had to find out. I eased my body further in. Suddenly, two rough hands grabbed me at my waist and yanked me back through the doorway and onto the corridor, saying, Oh, no, you don't, young man. As I landed with a plop on the ground, I looked up at the tall elf who had pulled me away from the darkened corridor and the rescue of my missing friend. Well, Trolloc, and what do you have to say for yourself now? The answer was, not a lot. I was speechless, for there, standing over me, was my father. To be continued.
2: But there's so much more to me. Yes, there's so much more to me. I shall. Show-